Thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and I'm joined by Muni Bali, Stacks founder, with your weekly updates. Now, the Stacks ecosystem is fully decentralized. Can you provide an overview of some of the key players and benefits to that decentralization? Yeah, absolutely. So I think for people who are new, uh, I know that the, some of the Stacks team members were hacking on Bitcoin applications even before 2017. But in general, I think 2017 is when really the project came together. Uh, the first white paper came out. Uh, we raised kind of like the initial uh, capital through the, through the token offering in 2017. And, um, and the Years after that were really about uh, hardcore R&D, uh, infrastructure building, and leading up to the mainnet launch in January of uh, 2021, so last year. And interestingly, I think as the mainnet launch was approaching, uh, even like a year or so before that, a bunch of the early team members uh, uh, behind the project, they very organically kind of like went off uh, to start different companies and initiatives uh, within within the Stacks ecosystem. So the original company, like I think I like to think of that as almost like it was like a research lab, right? And then uh, several uh, of the of the people that were working there, they kind of like went off and did different things uh, in, in the ecosystem. So the original company today uh, survives as Hero Systems, uh, which is now a dev tooling company. Uh, so they used to do something completely different like uh, before and actually used to uh, take on different type of functionality as well. But since the mainnet launch, uh, Hero has narrowed down its focus to basically being a dev tooling company. Uh, and there are a bunch of different uh, entities in, uh, in, the, in the ecosystem now. There's a nonprofit Stacks uh, Foundation that you, a bunch of you would be familiar with that looks at uh, governance of the protocol, different grants, and generally uh, kind of like looking at uh, increasing the open source uh, uh, commits and, and uh, involvement uh, from the community uh, in, in the ecosystem. There's obviously Trust Machines, which is the new entity uh, that I'm involved with. Uh, which is focused on building applications, right? So it's taking a very broad approach to unlocking the true potential of Bitcoin through stacks and coming in and building uh, these uh, these applications using you know, using stacks. Uh, and there there are so many other uh, players as well. There's uh, Daemon Technologies uh, based out of Hong Kong that looks at mining and other type of uh, data dashboards and, and and interesting things. There's New Internet Labs that is working on uh, a new types of UX interfaces uh, to this world. And also Larry there is doing a bunch of work on uh, naming systems. Uh, there are uh, mobile uh, apps out there by Secret uh, Key Labs. And I think the list kind of like goes on and on and on, right? So uh, this, this ecosystem is actually, actually decentralized. I, I like to think about it. Uh, instead of being in a situation where you have a... Uh, protocol, and then one large company is really behind it, right? So over time, I think the community has also absorbed the fact that uh, this ecosystem is much more decentralized than, than some of the other crypto projects that, that you might see. And it comes with both kind of like 
benefits and challenges as well, right? Like it's not that decentralization only has benefits, like some things become harder as well uh, because there's no central entity that is coordinating everything. There's no kind of like, you know, one player that can just give you a roadmap or, or, or like provide customer service, so to speak, right? Like it's, it is a decentralized project and the community members kind of like have to learn to work together uh, in, in this ecosystem. Thank you. Now, we saw MetaMask become unavailable to certain jurisdictions this past week. Um, can you speak to the vulnerabilities that decentralized ecosystems have when it comes to political and regulatory compliance and how we can really build for the long term? Yeah, so I think this is this is a very important question, right? Like a lot of people that I talk to, they ask me this question that, hey, this is great that, you know, in, in these early days, a lot of the, the founders like you are super excited about decentralization and they are excited about building open protocols. But what's what will happen over time? Because isn't there like some sort of a natural pull uh, for re-centralization on top of decentralized systems? Like if you remember, the original internet, in fact, was pretty decentralized in the, in the beginning, not as decentralized as Bitcoin, and some of the, uh, the crypto protocols, but fairly decentralized in the, in the grand scheme of things. And over time, we saw like big companies built on top that almost like centralized a lot of the actual choke points uh, on, on, on the internet that are, uh, the, so on a day-to-day basis, uh, the normal interaction that a typical internet user has is actually fairly centralized right today. Uh, so can, can the same thing happen on, on uh, top of crypto protocols as well? One example w- would be that let's say there is one big exchange like Coinbase that really takes off and most people are just interacting through that exchange. And for, for various reasons, that exchange can actually like seize your assets or close certain accounts and deny certain service, which as a, comp- as a business and a company, they, they can do that. And in, in many ways, they you have to kind of like rely, they have to comply with any applicable law in the jurisdiction that they're operating in, right? So I think it's a very, very important question. My response to that is that I think we can do better than the original internet in the sense that the crypto protocols should make it as easy as possible for decentralized options to exist, uh, even if there are centralized uh, options there as well. So like that's why I think it's really important for decentralized exchanges to exist for Bitcoin. Like right now, decentralized exchanges exist for uh, Ethereum and some other assets, but not really for Bitcoin. Like they are very small, uh, clunky ones with barely kind of like any any volume on them, right? So that's why I think decentralized exchanges, like really good uh, high liquidity decentralized exchanges for Bitcoin are very important because Bitcoin itself can be decentralized, but if you can't really trade it without going to a centralized exchange that might, might actually be complied by local regulations to actually ban you, then you can't really benefit uh, from the technology. And similarly, I think that uh, we we should also set the appropriate expectations as well, that crypto protocols are not some sort of a silver bullet, that just because something is, uh, is designed as a decentralized application, there aren't going to be centralized choke points. It's a little bit like decentralization is always a spectrum and you have to do hard work uh, to, to remove any centralization choke points that might uh, be on the path of the end-to-end application. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a relatively complex topic and we can obviously uh, chat a lot more about it. But as a high-level framework, I think it's helpful to think of decentralization as a spectrum and having these 
uh, almost like natural forces that will tend towards centralization. So you almost, as a community, you almost need to be, to fight back and almost like uh, uh, demand for more decentralized options to exist in the ecosystem. Thank you. Now we had a communi community question of why does the world need stacks? I think that the world needs stacks because uh, of how amazing Bitcoin is, right? Like if you think about Bitcoin as a, a new type of hard money that is not controlled by anyone, we as uh, humans have never, never really seen that before, right? So Bitcoin has done an amazing job at creating this new type of, you know, trustless hard money. But interestingly, now it's up to us to use it to the fullest extent possible. And I think Stacks is basically doing that. It's, it's coming in and it's giving developers a programming layer through which they can come in and build all sorts of applications for Bitcoin. And I think that uh, that will create like a large ecosystem around Bitcoin where you could actually use your Bitcoin uh, in different uh, DeFi applications. You could use your Bitcoin uh, in NFT marketplaces or new types of use cases like DAOs or, or the ones that we haven't even heard of yet. And so it really makes Bitcoin productive. Uh, Stacks is a, a developer-focused thing, right? Like it's mostly there for developers to come in and, and build these new types of smart contracts and applications, but the users benefit from it once those applications are live and they're available and, and anyone, anyone can come in and use them to really grow the Bitcoin economy. Thank you. And you maybe get this question a lot, but I think it's something that people are really curious about. How do you see the landscape of those building on Bitcoin? I think there's Bitcoin Core, where uh, I think a handful of very talented people can actually do most of the work, right? So the core protocol has been around for like 10, 10 plus years now, and uh, it, it, it's not going to change a lot, right? So there's some, some amount of uh, maintenance work, uh, plus kind of like careful uh, reviews of any any changes and any Bitcoin improvement proposals that need to happen, but a small number of really talented developers can do that. Right? But then there is a larger ecosystem: people who are building uh, other open source projects that can help Bitcoin, like for example, Lightning uh, or DLCs or Stacks, and, and so on. And similarly, there are people who want to build applications using using these technologies. And I think that ecosystem. Honestly, I think needs to be much, much, much bigger. Uh, if you look at other other smart contract ecosystems outside of Bitcoin, including Ethereum and some newer ones like Solana, Avalanche, and others, you would see that a lot of developers are actually really interested in uh, building on smart contracts. They're really interested in building with these new type of crypto primitives, these new types of assets, and the functionality that they have. And it would be a big miss for Bitcoin if those developers don't come to the larger Bitcoin ecosystem. Yes, initially, I think there were certain hurdles uh, where Bitcoin doesn't have smart contract uh, capabilities at the base layer, but now with solutions like Stacks and others, like that gap is, is, is bridging. And I, I do think that there is more funding available now for developers as well, if they just wanna work on open source technology. And, and, and hopefully, I think the Bitcoin developer ecosystem can grow a lot more. Definitely. Now, you're often speaking with both candidates and companies that are exploring stacks. How have you seen the conversations with those folks evolve as you know the project has grown? 
I think like one thing I'm noticing uh, more and more is that this idea of building on Bitcoin and growing the Bitcoin economy, uh, it clicks with a lot of people. Like it, it, it makes like logical sense. Like even if right now you will see more developer traction uh, in, for example, the Ethereum ecosystem, the Bitcoin story actually resonates with a lot of people, right? It just makes logical sense. And, and uh, a lot of people kind of like tell me that uh, this is one of those things that in hindsight going to be such an obvious idea that obviously if Bitcoin is the best form of money, uh, people will come in and try to do useful things with that money. Like, like in the real world, I think the analogy would be that for the US dollar to be the reserve currency of the world, almost by definition, that is the asset uh, against which everything else trades. Like that is the asset against which you're trading commodities. That's the asset against which most of the uh, equity uh, trading is happening or different uh, kind of like parties that do business when the settlements are actually happening in, in, in USD right now. So if you look at the landscape of uh, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin by far is the largest asset, it's the most durable thing that has been around and it's the best form of money. It makes logical sense that a lot of the economic activity uh, for cryptocurrencies would also happen in BTC or would happen on, on top of Bitcoin, right? So that's that's the, the thing that is resonating a lot with people. And also because now they can see early versions of some of these applications, they can play around with it and they know that smart contracts are, for Bitcoin are just not a pipe dream. They're already here. And I think now we are kind of like working on uh, kind of like growing the developer and, 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 the, and the user ecosystem around it. Thank you. And what building blocks do you feel we still need to see for Stacks? I think the, the biggest one is uh, faster transactions. Uh, and obviously I'm very excited about the hyperchains work that the Hero announced because the reality is that if you are a crypto user uh, today, uh, the experience that you would have on a much faster uh, chain like Solana or Avalanche is, is so much nicer, right? And obviously there are different trade-offs that these systems are making, but for the Bitcoin uh, ecosystem to really have similar type of a UX so that if you're a new user, you can come in and experience like really fast transactions and also at very, very high network capacity. So it's not that, you know, if there's an NFT drop happening suddenly, you have to wait for hours before your transactions can get confirmed. The network capacity can be much, much higher. And, and interestingly, hyperchains can make like similar trade-offs uh, where you know, you're effectively trading off uh, decentralization for speed, but we can give you that option. But the unique thing here would be that the hyperchains are connected to the stack's main chain that is much more decentralized. And then all of the information is actually settling on Bitcoin. Uh, so this is a way of like scaling Bitcoin in layers and bringing the, the really uh, fast transaction layer uh, to, the, to the Bitcoin ecosystem. That's one thing I'm super excited about. And the other thing is, I think if you uh, look at a lot of the network activity that's happening on Stacks right now, it's mostly around uh, like, let's say DeFi or NFTs that are still kind of like working within the Stacks ecosystem. Whereas where Stacks really shines and is unique is the Bitcoin connection, right? So the when we will start seeing kind of like more Bitcoin liquidity pouring into the NFT marketplaces or more Bitcoin liquidity pouring into uh, DeFi products, let's say a stablecoin or something like that, like I think that would be super interesting. And some of the plumbing is there uh, already for this to happen, but I think it's a little bit clunky, doesn't have enough liquidity right now. So a lot more work is required. 
to make the Bitcoin connection very, very seamless and very easy for users uh, uh, to, to use. And I think that would be a, a, could be a major unlock for the ecosystem as well. Great. And how do you balance your role as Stack's founder and CEO of Trust Machines? And what's your focus for the rest of 2022? Yeah, so I think on a day-to-day basis, obviously I'm working at Trust Machines, but then Trust Machine uh, is kind of like building applications using Stacks, right? So in some ways, like there is a lot of overlap, but the mental model uh, to have here is Stacks is decentralized and open source. Uh, Yes, I helped kind of like start the project, but there are a lot of other people who contributed to it as well, right? And the project can live on without any individual or any any company. I think that's that's the power of decentralization, that this is this project is truly decentralized. The code is open source, and and it can it can really live on without anybody. But that said, we are directly contributing to Stacks because of our business needs. Like if our applications need certain features from the underlying infrastructure, obviously we're gonna come in and contribute to the Stacks uh, code base or any other libraries that help kind of like connect, better connect Stacks to Bitcoin and, and, and so on. So in, in, in terms of my role, I would say the, the Stacks founder role is not any official role, right? Like it's just a decentralized ecosystem. I'm one person amongst many uh, in, in, in this ecosystem. And yes, sometimes, you know, I, I go out and I uh, tell people kind of like the story of Stacks or the kind of work that I'm interested in these days, uh, but anyone can do that in, in, in the ecosystem. Whereas Trust Machine is a business, it's a, it's a startup, you know, we're actively hiring and, and we are doing work on a day-to-day basis that uh, contributes to Stacks, but it also the main purpose is building these new uh, applications and getting millions of users to come in and actually benefit uh, from that application. So that's that's what I, uh, I do more of on a, on a day-to-day basis. Thank you. Now, lastly, what be your advice to entrepreneurs in the crypto landscape that are looking to go live in the next year or so. Um, there's a lot of changing landscape when it comes to markets, um, regulations, etc. Yes, so I think uh, I've commented on this a little bit maybe before as well that uh, crypto is truly unique. Like it's like a roller coaster, and uh, it, it it goes in these uh, cycles of like bull markets and bear markets. I'm not fully convinced we're in a bear market uh, right now, but at least the sentiment in the industry has turned bearish for sure, right? Uh, You're noticing that uh, some people might be leaving the industry. Uh, You'll see kind of like funding uh, becoming a little bit harder uh, as well. And I think that was was to be expected, right? So uh, one of the things to learn if you're an entrepreneur or a builder uh, that you need to have like long time horizons in mind. Uh, Like imagine the, the, the people who are, heads down building during 2018, 2019, they were the ones who actually really benefited uh, during during the, the bull market, right? Because they were prepared uh, and, and they were, were in it because of the mission and not because they were chasing some short-term gains. And I think, so as I said, I'm not completely sure that we are absolutely in a bear market, but at least there is enough of a sentiment out there that is worth commenting on that. So if this turns into an actual bear market, like the thing to remember would be that, hey, this is the best time to build. This is the best time to build. And some of the highest conviction people, some of the most mission-driven people will be the ones who will stand with you, who will be building with you. And a lot of other folks might actually disappear. And that's fine, right? Because in the end, uh, you want to work with people who are really passionate about uh, a decentralized future 
and you want to be around people who are driven by uh, more than kind of like any short-term gains. And I, I think that's that actually makes bear markets like one of the best, best times to build. All right. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks so much for everyone tuning in. Um, please make sure that you like this video, comment, and subscribe. And let us know if you have any questions for future Stacker Chats. We'll see you next week. Thank you.